to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8- and 16-bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's game is Clash at Demon Head. Clash at Demon Head was developed by Vic Tokai and released in January of 1989 in Japan and January of 1990 in the United States. Not I, too far behind. I saw no release mm. in the uh, PAL territories. Poor guys and gals. Yes. Now, Clash at Demon Head was known in Japan as Dengeki Big Bang, and uh, I guess it followed a similar storyline. It just featured the main character's name instead of right, right. the locations. Yeah, yeah. Now, this game was made by Vic Tokai, and uh, Vic Tokai is not a man. <laughs> Vic is short for some sort of like video and cable oh, I gotcha. type acronym. I gotcha. And they began as a cable television provider in Japan. Oh, man. Okay. But as many companies did in Japan in the 80s, they jumped into the console and PC games market, and they made games from 1984 to 1998. Yeah, I knew. I mean, I recognize they're not a big company, but I have seen... What did they do? Golgo 13 as yes, well? Yes, they are best known for both Golgo 13 games, the mm. first one and the Moffat Conspiracy. Mm-hmm. So they are now an internet service provider, and they have a, a fiber and they have a fiber optic network across part of Japan, okay, and a over air wireless uh, internet network as well. All right, sounds like they've done pretty well for themselves. Yeah, I wonder if they spun off any of their uh, IP though to anyone else. I don't know, man. If, if it's just sitting there, license it out, man. Now this game is well known for the Nintendo, but is also more likely known in pop culture to younger fans as a band in the comic series, movie, and video game Scott Pilgrim. Yes, it was uh, referenced uh, in that in all three. Yes, it is the, his, the main character, Scott Pilgrim's ex-girlfriend's band name. Mm. And their drummer in the comic is named Lynette Guycott, uh, after the character Tom Guycott found in the game. Mm. Not the most exciting uh, shout-out. <laughs> but in, in the there. Scott Pilgrim video game, in the stage with the band, the main character of this game, Big Bang Blitz. Billy Big Bang Blitz? <laughs> yes, Billy Big Bang Blitz himself is uh, featured in that level, standing around. Oh, okay, cool. So it's kind of a cool shout-out. Right on. Yeah, uh, Brian Lee O'Malley, the artist and writer of that comic, said that Clash at Demon Head was his very first video game. Okay, well, it's not a bad place to start. Definitely not. And then uh, the last thing i like to mention is the, uh, the cover of this game. The uh, box, it's pretty awesome. It is pretty awesome. Now it's not as uh, it doesn't really reflect the in-game style as much as you would hope, but it is no. really cool. And it was done by an artist by the name of uh, Lawrence Fisher. And no, not the uh, apparently dad character on Phineas and Ferb. Oh, okay. That's the main search that pops up. <laughs> but he did a bunch of sci-fi and uh, fantasy covers. So okay, if you really I mean, like this cover, you can go check out his stuff on. Uh, various websites right on it's not like super faithful but it's also like i can see where you would get that from this game kind of you know oh, definitely like, this game definitely has an anime feel to it yeah, and yeah. it's like if you took uh, an anime property and then had uh maybe frank frazetta <laughs> right. or someone do their interpretation of it right on but it is pretty awesome also uh the music in this game was composed by mishiharu hasuya who is uh known in some circles as mr rygar or oh uh, 
by circles, I mean me. Yeah. Uh, and I just named him that now. No, this is uh, one of my favorite composers. This is his other two games with some of my favorite music. So, uh, you know, just wanted to give that guy cred. Sounds good. I'm glad you did. All right, Nick. What kind of game is Clash at Demon Head? Uh, well, it's a, a 2D uh, action platformer, but it's very uh, adventure like, you, you know. Would you, would you call this perhaps a Metroidvania? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that's uh, one of the, a very appropriate title. Um, or in know. the future, should we call these uh, clash Troids or <laughs> some odd other portmanteau? Well, I think, you know, I, you know, when you think of, this is definitely a Metroidvania game, but I feel like that's kind of tied to the side-scrolling platform, you know, but it's like as part of a, maybe a subgenre of the adventure, you know, genre, which would include more like Zeldas or even point-and-click games, you know. Uh, I could see that. Now, we'll get into that mechanic here in a bit. But, you know, in this game, you are, as we mentioned, Billy, Big Bang, Blitz. Yeah. A uh, super cop of some secret, sort? Yeah, you're like a, a secret agent sort of guy. You work for an organization that has a really cool acronym, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it's Saber. And what does Saber stand for? Well, Eric, I'm glad you asked. It's the Special Assault Brigade for Real Emergencies. Real Emergencies? Yeah, they're not messing around with any fake news or any of that BS here. I wonder if they ever teamed up with the real Ghostbusters. <laughs> I, one can only hope, man. One can. Now, as Big Bang or Billy Blitz, you can jump. And what a weird jump you have. Yeah, I mean, you do have your control. You know, you can... So Mario style, you have full control of your height and your distance. To yeah. A degree. Yeah, but it's you kind of like a, a different kind of arc. Like you're more it's a little more vertical than Way horizontal. Way more vertical <laughs> than horizontal. It is a it is a high jump, not a long jump, that's for certain. Yeah, yeah. And that gets you in a lot of trouble, you know, in some of the trickier parts of the game. It can, yeah, yeah. If you're not well equipped. Yeah. But as far as offense is concerned, you are shooting. You have a gun. Yeah. I've seen it referred to as a handgun. Doesn't really look like one. Yeah, I mean you just have it's a short little pistol i guess i don't know um but you shoot kind of Mega Man style fixed front you know but unlike Mega Man, you don't get three bullets you only get two yes on screen at a time which is a bit of a change of pace yeah and uh you can crouch unlike Mega Man, your sprite's a little bigger so yeah you can fire when crouched and you can move forward and backwards when crouched as well yes yes and you know i'll just say it here crouching is a really good option in this game it's a, it's a great way of avoiding a lot of things <laughs> yeah yeah you'll you need to do it man yeah you know, most games that do have a crouch, it's very infrequently used. But if uh, used properly, it'll get you out of a lot of uh, enemy situations in this one. And, um, you know, one of the, you know, you'll probably hear this uh, phrase a lot, at least coming from me, which is a, a nice little touch, is whenever you land, you automatically crouch for a second. Like, you know, I don't know. I just think it's kind of, I guess, realistic. I don't know. But it's just like nice little touch, man. It is indeed. Now, when traversing through the levels of Clash at Demon Head, the enemies you fight will drop a small variety of things. Yeah. You have hearts, which are your basic life refilling tool. You start with four life bars, I think. Yeah, you have in your, your life bar, you have four bars in your life meter. Right. And then eventually it will grow two at a time, I think, mm -hmm. until it's larger. And we should also say, like, um, every time you get hit doesn't take off a bar of life. Like, it's kind of weird and fuzzy in there where I feel like there's a hit point number behind it that's much higher than four. You know what I mean? Like, Well, and it depends on the enemy. Like, yeah, some early game enemies will take four hits to knock off a life bar, where later ones will just take one or two. Yeah, so you can, especially early on, you, you can take a lot of 
you, you'll think you'll be dead, but you'll look down and be like, I'm only missing a b- one bar of life. So. Oh, yeah. I, I'll attest to that here <laughs> in a moment when I talk about my playthrough. Oh. But the hearts refill two bars of your life meter. They were nice. Yeah, you need them. They are very nice. Now, I'm not sure if it drops from enemies or not, but throughout the levels, you will find gold. Gold bars, a stack of them. Yeah, and uh, you'll see them all over the place. And uh, while you do also have money, which we'll get to in a second, this gold is mainly really only used in one place. There's like a gold market where you can go and sell it all. For... I only went there once in the game. Yep, me too. I, I think it's generally what you do. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and you can you know make um, some money off of it. Basically, it just turned a lot. Into money I, it, it filled up my entire money meter. Basically. Yeah, you can. Well, you yeah, you have out. a lot of gold. <laughs> and then concurrently, you have money or dollars. Now, when we talked about hearts, those look like hearts. And when we talk mm-hmm. about the gold, like I said, it's bricks of gold. Mm-hmm. The money is literally just a dollar symbol. Yeah, a big, big yellow dollar symbol. That's probably my biggest letdown of the game. I don't like the symbol. I, I wish it was something a little more. Maybe a bag of money. Yeah, or a coin. Symbol. Okay, fair enough, yeah. Now, my question is, do different enemies drop different amounts of money? I don't know. I I watched some, like, early on, I was like, just to see, get a rough feel, and everybody seemed to drop more than a thousand gold, or dollars, sorry. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, but I didn't really keep close. I got so much money that I really didn't care to find out. I do know that uh, the uh, governors, when you get the medallions, they're worth like 20,000 gold. I noticed that. Dollars. Damn it. Sorry. (laughs) I noticed that as well. A large jump in the uh, dollar amount there. And then uh, finally, the other thing that the enemies will drop are apples. And since the first time I played through this game, I didn't really read anything about it. (laughs) I was very confused as to what they did. Yeah. At first, you might be like, do those give me life? But no, they give you force. And for the first part of the game, force is... Not important. No, you, you won't. have no access to any of your force powers, so the force apples mean nothing. Not really, yeah. But uh, once you uh, have the force powers unlocked, a force apple will give you ten force points. Yeah, and it'll uh, you would need to increase your total force points too to unlock further powers. Well, okay. So the force system uh, comes into play once you have freed the hermit. Yeah, yeah. And the hermit is a reoccurring character I'm beginning to see and. <laughs> Many of these uh, translated from Japan games. I'm really curious as to what it is in uh, Japanese. I think he always reminds me of the statue you turn into in Mario 3 with the Tanuki suit. So it's like a monk. That's what I think of him as, but who knows? (laughs) All right. Well, the Hermit uh, grants you a whole new ability called Force Powers. And at first you have one power, and that is the ability to turn small. It's called uh, Micro Power. Yeah. And Micro Power... It costs 50 force points. Yeah, and you shrink to a really small, like, you use it to get through one little gap. I mean, I guess you could use it elsewhere, but... It does not increase any of your stats, it feels. No, no. But it doesn't decrease them either. You're still as strong and can jump just as high. Yeah, I mean, I guess your hitbox is way smaller, but uh, and it'll last until you get hit, so... Yeah. You have that going for you. Next up on your force skill tree is the teleport power, and it is very important. It's the best one, yeah. Yeah, once you have gained... 200 force points which is a lot of apples to save up yeah yeah you know then you unlock this power and at that point you can now teleport to any level you've already been to which is a huge time saver especially later when you know you'll be getting these directions like go meet the hermit and you're like oh god i have to walk the whole way no you don't anymore but that costs 60 force points yeah getting up there and then next up you have levitation it allows you to uh levitate and walk around is when you get 300 force points. 
and it costs 100 to use. I never used it. I used it once just to see what it's like. It's basically like a jetpack that you can use for free. You do like a funny lotus position looking oh, thing. that's sweet. And you can shoot while you're flying around, and it just lasts till you get hit. So it's, I mean, I'm like, yeah, it's okay, I guess. if For 100 or, yeah, 100 points of force, I'm like, eh, I'd rather teleport. Well, you know what I mean? Like, I'd rather use it for the next force power. Yeah. And that is Energizer. You get that at 400 force points. And it is, I think, the most useful. Um, yeah, it'll completely refill your life. Completely. No matter how many you know, life bars you now have in your meter. Which is good, because when you die and restart, it, you do not start with full health. No. And uh, normally, the only, you know, well, we'll talk about the items and ways to heal yourself later, but they take a little while. Yes, they do. But this also costs 100 force points, but it's totally worth it. It is how I got through a few of the final and later boss fights. Mm, yeah. Now, the final power is gained only when you have 500 force points. The which final, yeah. might seem like a Herculean task, but <laughs> we'll talk about how to get around that in a minute. And that is the karate power. Yeah, that turns you invincible for like a wa- 30 seconds, I think. Yeah, 30 seconds. Which is pretty generous. Um, I didn't really use it. Uh, and you no longer use a gun when you're doing this. You kick and punch. Yeah, you get like a jump kick when you're in the air and stuff. It's pretty cool. Like it's it's fun, I guess, but it's so expensive and it is 120 force points. Yeah, that. I mean, I guess maybe there's some bosses you could use it on. I never really tried. Maybe it's really worth a shot, but it didn't matter to me. No, not at all. And that is the the extent of the force powers. Now, once you have unlocked the force tree from the hermit you can rocket through those as quickly as you find those apples or use any other items that might help you out yeah yeah now the money you find and you can redeem for your gold bars is used at the shop yeah the super shop the super shop and it is a very interesting shop now it has one permanent location and that is on route five yep yep Uh, i know this because i texted you (laughs) and yet i didn't know what i was doing well, it's uh, it, that's a good thing to know. Um, you know, it is noted in the manual, but it's like maybe the most important route number to just memorize right away. Yes, definitely. And if you go to the shop at that location, you know, a sign that says "shop" floats down <laughs> from the top of the screen, and when you make contact with it, you are now in the super shop. Yeah, and you have a good selection of items you can buy. There's an interesting chap that is running the store. He's quite a goofy and fun-looking fellow. Yeah, has his little baby, his daughter, Sally. Is she there in the beginning, or does she get added when he introduces you to her? I think she's there the whole time, but he doesn't. He mentions her eventually. Yeah, yes. It's yeah. funny. So this shop is the only way to get the majority of the items in this game. Yeah, and um, they're not always all available either. No, at first you have to, quote, unlock them. And unlocking them is really just revisiting the shop a set number of times. Yeah, and that's very easy to do if you're at the, you know, the Route 5 location. Yeah, you just leave the screen and come back. Now, once you have unlocked all of the items in the shop, some of them will be unavailable at random times. Yeah, they'll just move in and out. I'm pretty sure it's like just a preset. Yeah, so I always just leave and come back, and it is usually back in stock. Now, also, the items, you can only carry three of each one. Yeah. So no matter how many the store has in stock or you have in your possessions, you only can have three at any point. Maxing out of three. And I say we should probably uh, get right into some of these items. Sure. We'll just take it across, uh, I think, the screen. At first, you have the GC. Yeah, um, the manual calls it the Crystal Armor. And I've seen it referred to as the Barrier. That's what the game calls it in the submenu. Yes. 
<laughs> and it creates a shield of little like stars around you. Yeah, and I mean, you're pretty much just invincible for a little while. Yeah, and that's even two enemy projectiles. Yeah, and um, you it's... can have this equipped with a suit and another item, too, mm -hmm. uh, which is kind of cool. It, it's its own equipped slot. Yeah. And it, I think it just takes a certain amount of hits or damage. And yeah, yeah. it'll just, you know, go, go away. away. <laughs> but it is pretty useful in some situations. Uh, I Definitely, there's a couple bosses that have a lot of projectiles early on, and I use this to make my life a little easier. Right on, yeah. It's a, it's it's not a bad little item, especially once you have some little extra money on in your belt. Now, this item costs five grand, five thousand dollars, five thousand simoleons. But in the scheme of these items, that's fairly cheap. Yeah, it is. Now, next up, we have the first weapon, and that is the RS or Rolling Star. Yeah, what? it's like a ninja star kind of boomerangish thing. It's like a weird boomerang gun. Yeah, yeah, and it's about three thousand. It's not very good. Now, do the prices change in the shops? I don't think so. Although, eventually, I remember um, in one of my playthroughs, we got, I got to this point where he's like, it's your 50th visit. Everything's half off. Oh, really? So, there's that. I, I may have gotten that and was nice not paying attention. Well, I mean, by this point, it was so late in the game. I was like, I already have <laughs> like everything anyways. But... And the Rolling Star, I guess, I don't know what it, if it's really strong or anything. I Never ever used it. I was, I really tried to. I was like, I'm going to mess with these weapons because I usually don't. And uh, this one's not very, I mean, it has a huge, like, weird arc that changes when you jump. So it gets even weirder. And you can only have two on the screen. So frequently you're just waiting for it to get back to you to shoot again. Yeah. And uh, not, like, it not goes, handy. it goes through enemies. And I mean, it is stronger than your normal gun, but it's just, uh, it's just too weird to use effectively, I think. Agreed. But next up is the Powerball, the PB, and I did use it a little bit. Yeah, this one's like okay, kind of. Uh, I mean, I feel like this and the Rolling Star, either one would be good if I could switch back and forth between them and the normal gun right. more easily. But regardless, you have the Powerball, which just immediately drops to the ground and rolls along it and will blow up and hurt uh, any enemies it runs into. But it does also shoot up at a weird angle. Oh, yeah? Well, if you hold up and shoot, it shoots at like a 45-degree angle. Oh, really? That's, oh, okay. that's like a lob. Oh, gotcha. It doesn't go all the way to like to the top of the ceiling, but it goes high enough to where you can hit things above you that you normally wouldn't be able to. Okay. Yeah, that's not too bad. It, it makes it useful in a couple of weird boss fights that I'll mention later. Cool. Yeah, I barely have messed with it. I messed with all of them because, well, we'll get to it. I did use save states, and I did have every weapon. So Right, right. Now, the real all-star of the weapons brigade is up next, and that is the Thunder Shot. Yes, or the Big Shot, as it's called in the manual. And it is kind of like a spread. Yeah, but it goes, it's like a big... It fans from directly out from you, uh, parallel to the ground, yeah. and then spreads up from that. Yeah, so you get like a big kind of wedge, like a 45-degree wedge that it covers, you know. Yeah, which is pretty nice, and it does go through, you know, projectiles and enemies, and walls, and which is very nice. Yeah, it's really strong. Mm -hmm. I like. And another nice little touch is every time you shoot it, you get a recoil. It like bounce, moves you back a little bit. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. It is eight thousand dollars though, but it is worth it because you know you only get I think fifteen shots of it. Yeah, but they are so strong that usually you can take out a boss with yeah, one round, one fifteen round. It's always been kind of the crux of a lot of my anti-boss, my boss battles strategies. You know, definitely. You know, before I go into a boss. I save, I go to the <laughs> store and make sure I've bought everything I need, then go fight the boss. Load up. 
Next up is the Shop Call. And that is an interesting ticket. It's $2,000. And it allows you to summon that floating shop sign almost anywhere. Yeah, this is awesome. I really, this was one of the things early on where I was like, why can't you, like other games, like, you know, I was like, that's great. You can just get to the shop wherever you want, as long, provided you have one, so. And you generally have to be above ground and not in a building or room. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But that is not hard to find in yeah. this game. And I mean, you, that way you can stock up on things. Just make sure you buy another one before you leave to replace it and you're good. And at two grand, that's very, very easy to do. Yeah, it's it's quite affordable. Since you can hold three, you should always have two extra on hand. Now on the next row is the various equipment items that change your locomotion or protection. Yeah, your suits. And first up, you have the power boots. Yeah, or hyper boots, as I've seen them called. And I got them, I used them once, and then pretty much never again. They let you jump higher and further, and maybe run faster? Yeah, you can run pretty quick. Um, not really that great for the most part. And also we should say, when you use these, uh, the next couple items, your suits, so to speak, you get a little meter, which is kind of like your fuel gauge for them, sort of, that I always goes thought, down. Or durability. Yeah, yeah, but uh, it'll go down the more you use them. Um, but what's really cool is, you can unequip them. So, if you take the boots off... Then, you know, you run around normal, put them back on, that meter will be where it was before. Yeah, and that's a cool little um, aspect that I like, but I wish that you could do the same thing with your weapons from the previous segment, you know what I, I mean? I really like, agree. I, did, I was pretty surprised by that, though. Yeah. I definitely thought they were going to be like a one-time use sort of deal. But, yeah, hyper boots are okay, I guess, like if you just want to really speed through an area, but you have other options that are better. And Well, next up is the better option. Now, while it is $3,000 more, it is worth every penny because it is a jetpack. Yeah, and it's a great jetpack, man. One of my favorites from all games. Like At first, it takes a little bit of getting used to, but once you do, it is very useful, nimble, and pretty amazing. Yeah, because you just like, you basically hold down your A button and then you just have full control over your movement. You can press up to move up, right, to move right. You don't fall down. It's not like some games where you're like, Pressing it on and off to, like, elevate yourself and drop. Or... Right. But every moment you have that pressed, you are losing fuel. Yes. So. But, you know, I found that you could press it for a bit and then throw yourself up, kind of jump, and then let off. Yeah, yeah. Take the arc and then press it again. It basically doubles up through a level in a way. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of areas where just, like, having it equipped, you don't even have to really use it, but just a few little taps every now and then if you screw up a jump or something can save you. Like, for a little fuel, it'll save you a lot of trouble. Yeah. It will make sure you don't fall in any stupid gaps or <laughs> uh, into any lava or even water because, as we'll talk in a moment, those are all more dangerous than you would think. Yeah, yeah. Now, not as exciting as the jetpack. But almost more important is the aqua lung. Yeah, it's uh, this is a good item to use if you're sitting on a park bench. <laughs> now, this is your underwater item, obviously. Uh, you breathe. Uh, you can swim with extra, like, you have kind of a weird movement where you can swim left and right real fast, but your yeah. up and down is, is slower. And at some levels when you're using it and swimming underwater, it the game takes on more of like a uh, shooter feel, like a life force or something, because your forward movement is so much quicker. Yeah, and um, and with all of these um, suits, you can use your special weapons as well while you have these equipped. Or your normal gun, which sometimes looks different. Yeah, yeah. You know, we didn't mention that when you do equip these things, the jetpack, you put on like a spacesuit or the other things. Yeah, you get a little... Uh... Your sprite changes a little. When you crouch, you get a little change to animation. Your face is different in any of the talking time scenes. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. 
But, and there are these little enemies, those little guys with the propeller head. They change their face depending on what suit you have on. Oh. Like, there's nothing else different about them, but sometimes you'll get, like, googly eyes or a tongue sticking out. or yeah. it's, it's really weird. That is weird. <laughs> now, the Aqualung costs $7,000, but in addition to making it so that you can swim, it serves a much more important function. And that is that when you're in water in this game, you take damage. Yeah, yeah. Well, so. when you are underwater. Right. If you're on the surface, you're fine. But when you jump into water... Like in real life, you plunge below the surface and you usually take a, a one or two points. Yeah, it can, um, and it'll add up quick too. So, um, and there are certain areas where it's like, there's just no way you're getting through this. It's too long without this, you know, and right. I mean, you're going to die before you get it, no matter how much life you have. As I played more and more, I would just equip it for even shorter parts just so I didn't have to deal with the goofiness of dying. <laughs> and it makes it easier to move around in the water. Um, for sure. Yeah. So if you're going to be jumping between platforms that have a lot of water gaps, why not just put it on and roll? Because one thing we did mention slightly is that I found money to be no problem in this game. Now, I did start with a little bit of a bonus due to my goofy play style. But beyond that, I never had to farm for money ever. No, they, they throw a lot at you, man. In a good way. Which you'll need, though, because next up is the most expensive item in the game. That is the super suit. Yeah. I'm not sure what it's exactly supposed to look like, because to me it looks more like a bomb suit. Yeah, look, yeah, it looks like a big red like bomb suit armor kind of. I don't know. It's a little strange, but um, it lets you swim in lava. So there's that, which is necessary in one part of the game. Yeah, and you, it also is like armor. Like it'll take damage that'll come off of its fuel meter kind of i think as yeah. well yeah like it, it's a neat little system that you don't even have to use at any no, point but. i used it once in the very last level of the game hmm, yeah because there's a part where they just they, i did, could not figure out how to effectively hit any of the enemies before they hit me okay so i was like i'm just putting that suit on i'm yeah, running screw it yeah yeah so you know super suit needed in some parts but useful in others now next up is some uh, more utility style items we have the micro recorder and that oh, is yeah. a well a device that used to exist. My dad had them <laughs> when I was a kid, and I loved them. They were a tiny tape recorder that was mainly used for taking voice memos and stuff. He worked in the real estate industry, mm. and he would like do walkthroughs of real estate and record into them. Like it's a real crap hole. Yeah. Note to self. But I always loved them because they were tiny, and they were the scale of tape that uh, Soundwave used. Oh, right. Nice. So bonus points there. For now, real. In the game, the micro recorder is a password system. Yeah, you just use it to get your password, which you can do at any time, pretty much, as long as you have the item. Yeah, and oddly enough, though, it costs you a uh, grand. You have to pay for your password in this game. That's true. Uh, but money is so plentiful that I can't really fault them for it here. Now, when you use the password, it does save everything that you had and your location as well. It does not put you at the beginning of the game. Oh, really? As you told me. I'm sorry. And uh, <laughs> that was a wasted two minutes of my life. Oh. No. Uh, but really, it does a location too. That's really, that's really awesome. Yeah, it wasn't though, because I was stuck in that weird triangle on the top, and I was confused as to how to leave. Oh, okay. <laughs> I figured it out. Oh, now. wow. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, the password function, uh, if you're not emulating, is... Pretty much a necessity. You need to use those passwords, and especially one right before the end of the game. Right, right. Now, you can also buy ultra food. 
Yeah, this is a, a little can of food that's like... It's like fish food, but for humans, I guess. Yeah, it's it's ultra good. Um, it restores a, a bar of life. Um, you can hold up to three, so it heals you. Now they are $2,000 a piece, which so, is kind of costly, but and you know three is not a lot of life. No. <laughs> but in the first part of the game, the first half of the game, you should always have them on you because three is a lot in a boss fight, and the six grand for it doesn't really mean much. Yeah. And then you have the Dinah Punch. Now, this is a drink. I think it's a knockoff of Hawaiian Punch. <laughs> but whatever they put in there is really good because it raises your force power. Yeah. By like a weird, is it a random amount? Or? I have no idea at all. It looks like it's right around 20 from what, like, this is the way that uh, it's easiest to build your force up. Is, yes, this <laughs> is the way that I built my force powers up to get the last power and really to have any force points for the boss fights. Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, three of them will give you a, a, an average of about 60-something points of 60 force. 60 to 75. Yeah, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess it's random or something, but there's just a point after, you know, after you rescue the hermit, you start getting force powers. That's when I'm like, every time I go to the shop, buy three of these and use them right away, and then I'll hold off on trying to use any of my force powers until I've already unlocked them all. Right, and then what I did was, I, as soon as I got the teleport, I teleported back to five. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then I just, yeah, I had, I think at that point, already maxed out my money, spent it off, and then was back up to like 85 <laughs> grand. So I spent a good 20 minutes just running back and forth to the shop and raising it all the way. Wealthy man. No, it wasn't 20 minutes. It was like five. It wasn't bad at all, but that is how you get your force powers through the roof. And, you know, there were times where I would just call the shop three times in a row to get my force powers up yeah. for a boss fight. And the thing that's cool about the force powers is, like, with the exception of micro power, the first one, none of them are required for anything. So you you could even ignore them entirely, you know? You definitely could. Well, that's it for the items you buy from the shop. But there are still a few more slots left in your item screen. Yes. And those are for items you find in the game. They are essential to the story of the game. Yeah. And first up, well, there are medals. Uh, you do collect six, seven medals. I think six, yeah. The Royal Medallions of the Governors. And you have to use them to stop the Doomsday Bomb that is the plot point of the game. Yes. Kind of. <laughs> and then you also have a magic stone you find. Now, the stone is found, um, I, I think, is that what's in the lava? Yeah, it's. Oh, yeah, that's what you, yes. You use the super suit to get it and then take it back. Yeah, and it's used as an unlock in certain locations. You activate the stone, and it causes something to happen. Yeah. And then, finally, you have the Sword of Apollo. Yeah, man. Apollo himself. And that is a sword, and it's only used once in the game, and that is for the big boss fight at the end. It is your super weapon, a la Kirby, right, Kirby's right. Adventure. Yeah. And... We did talk a little bit about passwords, and they are needed because there are no lives in this game. Once you have gone through all your health, you are dead. Game over. Yeah. Now, the nice thing is you do not lose any of the items you have. No, you don't man. lose any of the money you had. Nothing, and really. For me, I th- that made the first half of the game, you know, death was almost no consequence. You just have to start at the beginning of the level, which isn't too rough. No, no. and uh... But there is a consequence to death, Nick. What's that? You lose half of your force points. Oh. So later on, I realized that, and it mm. became a little more stinging at certain points. I got you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was wondering about that. I meant to check, but I kept forgetting. So there you go. 
But, you know, if you have enough shop tickets, it doesn't matter at all. And it's an easy way to go from uh, one to four life. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Now, the game has unlimited continues, and uh, it automatically sticks you right at the continue screen when you die. Yeah, they want you to stay in it, man. You're in it to win it. Billy Big Bang Blitz is not a quitter. So this game is pretty easy to keep trekking on. And, um, you know, while we kind of talk about deaths here, we should say there's no pit deaths in this game. It's another kind of weird feature of its gameplay that I, I like and I kind of dislike at the same time. Yeah, I agree. Well, since the fact that the deaths in the game are not as stinging, it's almost more stinging to fall into the pits because you fall into another level of the the, or area of the level and then have to backtrack yeah essentially yeah you have to go back out and it's something that you know after i played this you know as a kid it really stuck with me in in other games where i would really complain about pit deaths and now i'm like maybe it's not so bad because at least you get to start over right there and this right. you're like no i gotta go back and start the whole level over and come back so it's like it's even worse in it's, a way. it's a punishment of time <laughs> instead of a punishment of lives but you know uh officially i think it's a pretty nice touch Well, Nick, I am not too familiar with the products of Vic Tokai, but they seem like a pretty large corporation. Yeah, they're stand-up guys. Hopefully they put a lot of money into this games division, and some of that money trickled down to the manual department. Well, um, that's, yeah, I mean, I guess this is a decent manual. Um, okay. It, it's, uh, you, you're rolling in at 25 pages. Uh, it's all black and white, but all right. you get screenshots and some... Uh, Faithful, if simple, artwork where it looks like, you know, this game is, you know, it's parodying a lot of 80s anime tropes. and Definitely. That's what the artwork looks like in the book. So it looks, you know, just like pretty much like it does in the game. So pretty Excellent. cool. Um, you get uh, character artwork of like yourself and what are the other? Professor Plum and Commander Wine Stuff, as well as Mary, who has a different hair. She has like a blonde hair wig thing. Looks kind of like Pris. It's really mean, weird. Not but, her uh, Japanese hair. Yeah, no, it's yeah, totally different than the game in this way. But well, the characters on the box are all very American looking. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, and in the game, everyone is clearly Japanese. Yeah, very anime style. Um, it goes through, you know, it goes through all the controls, the screens, your map, your force, how to gamble for gold at Susie's Exchange Shop and stuff. Um, they, they tell you the story, which is also interesting because in the manual, it refers to your team as Saber Tiger, not uh -huh. acronym Saber. Oh. But regardless, Professor Plum, the inventor of the Doomsday Bomb, who never would have imagined that this would have been used for a nefarious purpose, uh, has been kidnapped and being held atop Demon's Head Mountain to build the bomb, another bomb, I guess, for the bad guys. Um, your colleague Joe has went out to scout and is missing. And uh, they, it's Bang to the rescue, so... Well, poor Bang. He is on vacation, <laughs> as we'll get to, when, when he's yeah, called to yeah. duty. And it's hilarious, because right after that, you get a little quick two-sentence paragraph where it's basically... Also, there's a demon there. So, they, they at least tell you ahead of time. <laughs> Give you a heads up. That's a shame, because that was quite the surprise for me. <laughs> I mean, granted, Demon Head was in the title, yeah, but yeah. I wasn't expecting to get to see an actual demon's head. Now, um, at the end, it does have a, a secret techniques page with some hints where it does give you, like, some locations of certain NPCs like Facia okay. and Mike. It tells you that the Route 5 is the shop. Oh, now, does it give you a map with the route numbers on it? No, them? it doesn't. It's not in the manual. There, I don't think there was a pack-in as far as I can tell. That's the biggest sin this game ever committed. Is that you have a map in the game that you can yeah. check. And, and all the routes are numbered. 
except they never tell you it's not labeled on the map so you can only really see the numbers of the routes that you're uh, immediately adjacent to oh bummer yeah it sucks but um i had a nintendo power when i first played this so they, that's one of the you know most valuable things it's there it's a very easy google search away for to anyone out there but definitely it's a it's a must a must see now this game has passwords and a lot of secrets did they give you any place to write this down Nope, there's no memo section in the back, and there's no enemy section, although there are two full-page, like, it's like a group shot drawing of all the enemies together, so that's all oh, right, I guess. Like yeah. a graduating class of enemy you? Yeah, yeah kind of. Uh, so, I mean, it's all right. It's worth checking out, and I think uh, they do a good job of at least putting stuff in there that they should, where it's like, I actually you really know. really want to see this, because one of the things I really love about this game that I was going to get into in a minute is how goofy so many of these enemies are. Yeah, yeah. It's, so I, I will definitely check that out. Yeah, do it. Well, Nick, what was your personal history with Clash at Demon Head? Um, this is a game that I uh, rented and uh, beat with my friend, uh, you know, back in middle school days, and uh, I always really, really liked it. It was a kind of a sleeper hit thing. Where I, I, it was a, whatever we were really looking for wasn't there, and it was like, well, we'll check this one out kind of saw it nintendo power so and we both ended up really liking it so it's always been one of my faves yeah i have no personal history playing it i do remember seeing it in nintendo power and seeing that weird cover you know in the (laughs) rental area and it never made it onto my list now as time went on i remember seeing i think you play it at some point and of course it popping up in pop culture with scott pilgrim but that cover did always stick out in my mind so it it it's a game that yeah. you know I've always wanted to get into, and I'm I'm really glad you did suggest it for this show. And then, what was your more recent experience with the game? Um, well, uh, I beat this game twice actually. Um, wow. Well, I mean, I this is a game I play through pretty frequently, semi frequently. You know, I've okay. Liked it for a long time, so you know I know where everything is. And the first time I was just kind of messing around, uh, trying to do things different, you know. Uh huh. And then the second time I was like, I just want to see if I can just how fast I can just roll through and beat it like in an hour or something. So, Well, I played it about three times. The first time, totally cold with no clue. Right, right. And what a time that was. <laughs> uh, I spent my time doing like a, a big loop around the opening area. Oh, sure. Which it was fortuitous because at the end of that loop, I had a ton of money. Right, right. And, and once you told me where the shop was, I went to it and was able to buy pretty much everything. Right, right. Right yeah. off the bat. Uh, and then at that point, I did decide to use a spoiler-free walkthrough that I found. Oh, okay. And it was pretty nice because it basically just had areas. Like, you know, go to six. And then you beat oh, six, yeah. and it's like eight. You know, it just oh, tells yeah. you the next one to go to. Right, right. And I really enjoyed it that way. Uh, as I said, I did save state um, usually right before a boss because I really wanted to try out a lot of the different weapons on them and whatnot. Yeah, I did But some... also because they're hard as heck. Yeah, I mean, generally, it's like, I would just stick with the thunder shots, but, um, you know, I, I was kind of playing around with the other weapons as well, and at least as far as the bosses were, I was like, eh. I, I, it's, it's almost always, always thunder shot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> almost always. All right, Nick, here we are in the general chat portion of our show, and I'd like to begin by saying... Why is it taking me so long to play this game? <laughs> I, I really enjoyed it, and, and I wish I had popped it in about 20 years earlier. It, it, it's, you know, 
one of the first games I think of when people talk about like hidden gems where it's like it wasn't a big game and it's not necessarily a great game, but it's, you know, it's it's fun. It's It's got a lot of charm to it, you know? Yeah, and it really exploits many of the, quote, Metroidvania style, um, you know, things that I, I feel like this really should have a better place in the naming of that, maybe, because the only Vania that anyone ever really talks about in that line is the Symphony of the Night. Right, right. And if you've got two games that really show off this style of gameplay on the NES, I don't know, maybe it should be like a Metroid head. Yeah. Or... <laughs> well, I mean, this game is, I really like it because, I mean... With, uh, you know, similar to Simon's Quest, it's like you have that starting off, it's total nonlinearity, you know, and in in this way, you have this 3D map kind of, not 3D, but, you know, you're exploring all this map of all these different routes, so you can really explore better, I guess, I don't know. There is a level of exploration in this game that I was not expecting at all, and I really enjoyed it, you know, you, if you were given this game as a child, this would be wonderful owner because there's so many places to go and you have to go to summon specific orders so it really lends itself to just exploring and going back and over through these levels yeah and they do it in a very painless way too because you're not i mean you there are setbacks but you know it's very forgiving like life deaths thing the pit deaths aren't too bad you can you have very pretty much easy access to almost all the items very early in the game and none of the levels are incredibly long either yeah they're all pretty short you know for the most part yeah, but in all, there was a lot more going on than I was expecting through the levels, the items, and all those things. The bosses, there was just one extra touch, you know, that, that made it real nice in almost yeah. all the cases. Well, yeah, a lot of, you know, like shop calls where it's just like, well, what a neat idea. Why didn't I see this ever again? Or, you know, like with the pits or, you know, the sprites kind of change, you know, super, like you can jump on the water surface. Yeah. What a weird thing. It's never required, you know, but if you jump right when your feet touch the waves, you can hop off it. And sometimes you can get the rhythm just right and you can skip across the water, but you don't ever have to. It's just there. Like, it's just, it's cool. It's artistic. Now, for as many great things as there are in this game, there are a few little sticking points for me. <laughs> there are, yeah. There is the backgrounds, you know. It, games have a real hard time, I feel like, being great or even mediocre. Like, you don't do, you, you either just go whatever, this is going to be a background, or you go all in. And this game clearly spent their time on the sprites in yeah, the foreground. Yeah. Well, I mean, you get, it's like, the background is, you have like five or six backgrounds, like, uh, and, and they're just color swapped throughout the Red Mountains, the gray ones, well, you know. And that brings me to my next problem, is that many areas of the game are repeating. Like, yeah, yeah. The tops of mountains are all the same. Yeah, we and were they're like, just a color swap. There's like the one cliff, you know, like it's a yeah, it's it's a palette swap for an entire level essentially. Yeah, like maybe a little different before or you know at the beginning and end, but but once you hit the the peak, you're gonna climb the ladder, you're gonna go over to the side. Yeah, there's yeah. a climbable side <laughs> if you want that you'll never use, and you know it's just it's just one of those things that while it doesn't take away a lot from the game, it does stand out after a while. Yeah, yeah, it's very noticeable. Well, and there's this game does it commits one of my most grievous sins where it's like your head will hit the ceiling and you'll fall down but it's like there's no ceiling you know it, it, i'm outside of you know level. Like, just put a just draw a roof on this on mm -hmm. this level so i can see it or sometimes with the walls where it'll look like why did the screen stop scrolling and you're like oh which i just can't go brings me to my final complaint is that the jump while it is good in its own way it takes a real long time to get used to because it is not nearly as long as you want it to be yeah and at the same time 
one of the things they use as a difficulty curve is by putting in these low-hanging ceilings, yeah, yeah. forcing you to do a really awkward tap jump Yep, that is hard to control. Yeah, and to be fair, too, I also really... One of the things I really don't like is that, you know, you, I was trying to use a lot of these special weapons I did normally, and for the most part, most bosses and stuff, like, if you're using a special weapon to hit them or parts of them, you get no acknowledgement whether it hit or not or did damage or not. You don't know if it's working or not. Yeah, that right? is another big problem. There, You don't have a health bar. You don't have a color change where no one's flashing to red in this game. But most importantly... Yeah. Sometimes you don't even get, like, an explosion registration. Yeah, yeah. It looks just as if you were not hitting anything at all. Yeah, and uh, so they could have done a little better there, you know. And, I mean, as well as the terrain, like, the enemies, like, there's really only, like, six or seven enemy, like, AIs. True, but... That are frequently... They're not sprite swapped, they're not color swapped, but it's like, you'll see, oh, this is just another... It's like a mosquito or a, a bird or these different things that all behave the same way. But you know what? I give them a pass on that because they do such a great job of really changing up the sprite. I mean, yeah, yeah. they are amazingly different and bizarre enough it's, to where I don't always notice it's the same pattern because I'm so taken aback by the weird new bubble creature or duck head with wings who knows yeah no it's a good uh i mean it is in a way like it's better than just having four of them with this different colors you know you they at least change the whole sprite so it's, it's pretty cool in that way yeah and then all of the negative is almost made up for by the bizarreness of this story and how it transforms and mutates especially it's, towards it's, the end yeah it's just a it's a wild wacky adventure so you know it's a romp it is and then it just it just goes places I never would expect, but I like the fact that it does it in a pretty lighthearted tone. Yeah. And then the other thing I'd like to say is that this game has a really cool level of difficulty curve, I think, by introducing the force powers at a later time and having that, you know, for the first chunk of the game, deaths barely matter. Yeah. My biggest problem, though, is that the difficulty really comes from the bosses. And early on, the first couple bosses are just ridiculously hard. Oh, yeah. I mean, I th- I feel like you're meant to go to certain places first, you know? I mean, they tell you where to go, kind of, but you, on the way, you can r- stumble up against several bosses that will destroy you. Like, you shouldn't be here yet, but they, you you can, like, in theory. Yeah, I don't people know. People can beat them, but I, I don't. I'm... I went in the order that this, this FAQ said, and I was like, this first boss is ridiculous. <laughs> it was just nuts. Now, most of them have a, a pattern that you can figure out and then does make it a lot easier. But there's always still going to be a level of dexterity involved in every fight where if you just mess up, that's the fight. They can take you're you done. down. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, once again, you've read the title and are not surprised when I tell you that next week's game will be a continuation of Clash of Demon Head. If you haven't played the game, hopefully we've whetted your appetite and you'll go find a copy of this game any way you can. Grab your controllers and play along, friends. And remember, if there's anything that we got wrong or stuff you just want to holler at us about, do it at cartridgecommand at gmail.com and we'll get back to you in the future. We'll find the future on facebook at cartridge command where you can say whatever you'd like to us but we also tell you when the show's out on twitter at cart command we have a wonderful group of fans and we love every one of them but those that give to us on patreon.com slash cartridge command are the ones that make this show possible and we thank you from the bottom of our heart every week because it's you guys that you know let us do this fun thing yeah 
Now, our show is available on every type of device that streams podcasts. You just type it in, you'll find it. And please subscribe, tell a friend so that more people can listen. And as always, Cartridge Commandos, Game On! I just was into that song. I let it go longer than I meant to. I'm going to play it again. It's groovy.